0: Anyway, like I said, just good to have you in the house, and we are going to launch into a new series today. Uh, I've got the privilege to communicate the beginning of that, and maybe the most of that. Um, It is something that uh, kind of goes, it does go with our theme purpose of the year, that God is a good God. Tell somebody next to you, say, he's a good God. Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Yeah, yeah, he sure has. A lot of times we look for that goodness through the material eye and forget about the goodness that happened internally within us, which is the most important step of a believer, is when you are born again, saved, and maybe even went as far as got water baptized. And, and you are now, you're not going to hell anymore. Come on. Come on, you're not going to hell. Your Heaven is your destination. And, and uh, you know, those that have gone on home before us, like uh, Pastor Tiffany mentioned, uh, you get to see them again, and uh, I think it's sooner now than ever uh, wh- how close that is for us to get there. But we've got some work to do. We've got some things we need to accomplish, and, uh, and I'm convinced that the things that have to be, have to be, have to be, have to be accomplished in the season that we are in on the chronological time, time frame of biblical chronological timeline, you have to know God. And you got to know who he is. you got to know his name. Because there's a lot out there trying to compromise the knowing of who he is. And a lot of experiences that people have had. Anybody ever had some bad experiences in your life? If you're living, you got bad experiences. If you're living, you got bad and good. And I'm telling you, if you don't know God in the good and the bad, it, 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 it's a life that has no peace to it. And I just have come to this place that good and bad, Bad, good, bad, and ugly. Devil bad, God good. And if you can settle that, it'll fare you pretty well in this thing called walking with a relationship with God. And uh, so we want to help you. Uh, I just want to help you get to know him a little bit more. I want us really to come to this place where we have a face-to-face, first-time introduction to him. No matter where you are on the spectrum of your salvation, you can't exhaust how big he is. You won't get to know how much, how he is. Just when you think you know him, he's going to reveal more of him to you. Just when you think he's, he, there's no answer to the life circumstances you're in, that's when he starts to show you up. Hey, look, look, look here. There's patience. There's a lot of things we can learn. But uh, we're just going to walk through a journey together for the next eight weeks talking about different names. There's no way we can exhaust all those names. There's thousands of names that describe, describe who he is. But our text for this year and this uh, purpose of the year comes from Psalm 145, verses 7 through 9. But this whole series will be based on the whole context of Psalm 145, 1 through 21. I encourage you to begin to read it with us. Every name that we use will be able to be found in this scripture. So I'm going to invite you real quick, I only will do this today, uh, just so we can make sure we have enough time throughout all of the other descriptions and understanding of names. But I'm going to read with you, and you'll read some of it back to me together, Psalm 145, verses 1 through 21. So stand up for the reading of the word together this morning. They're going to put it up on the screen, and of course, this is a New Living Translation, so... um, you know, whatever device that you have, Bible, paper, Bible, doesn't matter to me as long as you've got something. Um, and as we go through this series, be willing to write some things down. Uh, just so the Bible says that if you'll write the vision down upon the tablets of your heart, you'll be able to run with it. And, and when the devil starts to chase you, it'll be a good time to run with some scriptures. i uh, got a little ringing up here, John. The other thing I want to point out to you is your kids. If you have kids from zero to elementary, especially in elementary, Sarah and uh, Megan have helped us really come up with the pathway of this. She's teaching the exact same thing with your children right now. They're going to know the goodness of God. Not only that, uh, if you're joining in with us with a small group over the next few weeks, many, many of you are. We've seen an amazing sign-up, great sign-up. Uh, We're going to allow you, I hate to say the word allow, we're going to make available to you content from Sunday that you can carry into Monday through Saturday in your small groups. We'll give you some questions to ask and and let you begin to find out experiences together, the goodness of God together throughout just taking, you can't get it all today, but man, you start talking to somebody about it. You start really become aware of the very thing you're going to hear here as we read. I'll start with you right now. Verse 1. I will exalt you, God. You guys don't have to read with me yet. I'll tell you when to do that, okay? I will exalt you, God, and my King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your all-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. This is some of the reason why small groups are beginning to carry the understanding of of this. Now, why don't you read with me up on the screen, verses 7 through 9. You ready? Read. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Come on, somebody, say, thank God. God. Verse 9, the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. I'll continue to read. You guys hold off for a minute. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. Now read verse 18 and 19 with me. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him, hears their cries for help, and rescues them. I'll read verse 20. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. Now read verse 21 with me. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the scriptures that just is so comforting to us. We just saw just in one reading of a one chapter of a book that is full of your goodness. We just saw your heart and your character for us as believers. And so we open up our hearts as a church, as a group of body, a body of believers to be able to hear and get to know You and come face-to-face with You over the next eight weeks. And Father, I'm grateful that when we come to the maybe the end of this series, we will know You more. We will see the unlimitedness of Your goodness. And I'm so glad that we'll still just be tipping the iceberg of who You are. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Tell somebody next to you, He's a good God, and you can be seated. <clears throat> again this is really just kind of the introduction today so I'm going to lay out some different pathways and some things and talk about the different names real briefly that we'll learn throughout this series but I wrote a few statements down forgive me if I just kind of read some things to you today I just really want to get some things out there kind of put the seed in the ground so that it'll have something that we can come water back when when we come back together when I wrote this phrase, just kind of came out of my heart that God's name is like a key that unlocks the treasure God has in store for you. Scripture tells us, Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. Come on, tell somebody, hey, I'm safe today. Amen. Psalm 111 verse 9, he has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name Uh, we would be maybe fools to think that names don't matter i mean we we, i I remember when and uh, some of the things i may share from experience i don't push this experience off on you and say thus saith the lord you should do this But I do know that when we chose to name our kids and the names that we gave them, we gave it to them, first of all, we felt in our heart we were supposed to, and then two, when we begin to look up the definition of those names, and now we begin to see some of it play itself out over the years, we understand that life and death is in the power of the tongue, and just like Abram went to Abraham, we've seen the progression of that with our kids. Mackenzie, the name Mackenzie, my daughter, my first child, is a daughter of a wise leader. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, and, and I've needed some wisdom along the way in, in she's just wonderful and, and, and she's the best um, Chase, my, my son, my second son and I'll just stop right there but Chase, the name Chase means pursuer of truth and I can tell you that that's been a challenge for him at different times but uh, the word will come to pass in his life I'm just saying that names have matter, matter to us and, and um, <clears throat> I just want to walk us through maybe some natural thoughts to names that maybe help us identify kind of what God's going to want us to see throughout the, uh, this pathway or this journey. There's character when it comes to names that should follow, will follow names, good or bad. There's uh, identity that will come from names, uh, good or bad. Uh, there's, there's uh, uh, actions that will follow those names at times. Uh, let me ask you a very simple question for all of us that, that kind of live here. Let me say, If you are a local and you live here, let me see your hands. Man, thank God you go to Coastal Family Church. I'm so glad you're here. All right? You're local. Now, that means something come the day after Memorial Day when 150,000 people show up here, those tourists, and you're looking for locals. You're looking because there's a pride in that. There's an identity that comes with that. That's, that's, the, the reason you get mad at them on the road is because you're a local. And you think that they're ignorant because of they're not local. Okay? But let's take that to another level. How many are local, native-born here on the Outer Banks? Let me see your hand. Everybody wants to be like us. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, there is something that comes with that name. <laughs> Don't forget, you married a local, it'll give you favor. There's something about the, the local native pride that we have. Uh, there's, there, uh, even our conversation begins to define us pretty much. You know what I mean when I talk about that high tighter accent? And you do have no clue what I'm saying right now, but if you knew who I was, really who I was, you would know I was definitely one of them locals that's native to Juan cheese. <laughs> that's really down south further, isn't it, Mike? But um, there's, there's colloquial conversation. There's identity that comes with that. There's pride that comes with that. We understand what it means when I say that I'm local and I'm native-born. I was just in a conversation the other day with Pat and uh, Charlie Blivens. Some of you may know him, Miss Penny Blivens. They live in Manio. It was her son. And we were just in the hallway. And, man, we were talking about the experiences that we had as a local. And, And all of us, we weren't even in the same place having the same experience. But we knew what we were talking about the whole time. Because there's something to be said when you identify with a name, something that comes along with it. My name is Stephen, with a P H E N, but I cannot begin. You know how many have ever been uh, felt disrespected or felt misrepresented by someone mispronouncing your name. If you got one of them, you got one of them crazy names back there. You got one of them names that people tried hard to pronounce. People for all the time. Now I don't get offended at this. I kind of chuckle at it. But I'm called Stefan all the time. (laughs) None of you ever call me (laughs) Stefan. That's not my name. It's Stephen. But there is a, there's something that comes with that name. There's an identity that I have with it. Now I'm identified as Pastor Stephen. And that comes with a whole lot more weight and identity and, and character that has to follow that. And I'm on a, uh, a judgment seat, if you want to say, all the time because of that. When I lived in Ohio, uh, my last name, um, Westcott was pronounced as if it had a T in it all the time. It doesn't have a T in it. It's called Westcott. And, and I would try to tell people that. They just could, for some reason, they, how hard is it to say Weskett? <laughs> but they just couldn't do it. But there's something about that name. It's one of the local native names that's around here that might get me some favor. I just want you to see that there's an identity that comes with certain names. Why? Because names actually matter. Let me ask you this. Some, maybe some proper names. Uh, what do you think of, what do you see, what do you think of when I say Michael Jordan? Anybody see a basketball right then? Sure. Anybody see money right then? (laughs) You see, there's a character, there's somebody you identify when that name is there. How about um, Bill Gates? What do you think of when you think of Bill Gates? Don't go into what's happening. Somebody said devil. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting how the character that you've judged that person by will define the very next words that come out of your mouth to name that person. So, so when you put that in perspective, you know how about this? What if I say Hitler? Now, if you are a Jew, that has a lot more meaning to it. Uh, How about let's just use the phrase again: devil, devil, God, good. Well, how do you know he's good? How do you know the devil's bad? Maybe you call your kids the devil or something. Maybe that's got something to do with it. But, but here's what I want you to see that when you begin to, oh, oh, I want to throw these out there. How about nicknames? What would you think, what kind of identity would you give if I said, uh, he's a daddy's boy? Hmm? Come on, man. <laughs> now, what would you think, men, if I said, well, he's a mama's boy? You even begin to say it with the, the you know the sound of it. There's an identity that comes with it. There's definition to it. There's characteristics that might you might think that follow that. Every I'm not making this a, a stereotype as opposed to as much as it sounds. I just want you to see names matter. We communicate names and identity and characteristics. We commute them all the time. How about this one? She's a daddy's girl. Man, when I think about daddy's girl, let me just tell you something. I have got the best daddy's girl in the world, and I will fight you for it. And she'd been the devil a lot of times. <laughs> all right, all right, my she's a, a congregation. Anybody know Bubba? Nobody wants to admit they know Bubba. (laughs) Bubba's a good friend of mine. I know his sisters. I know his family. But you go to Wan Chi's uh, hardware, and Bubba's usually there. And (coughs) Bubba has characteristics that follow who he is. Bubba, if you're watching, I love you with all my heart, but I know you real well by Bubba. I really don't even know if he has another name. But when I think about that, how about this? We define people by their stature at times by calling them a certain name. If I went up to somebody and they introduced, hey, this is Slam. What what are you going to think? And you're going to immediately look at if that defines who he is. All I want you to see is that when you begin to put these things in perspective, but here's what I want you to hear after saying all of that. The name alone contains no special power, but when it is connected to the quality it represents, the result is extremely powerful. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. The Lord's Prayer, Pastor Tiffany uh, uh, exhorted in this a few minutes ago. Uh, for a blip, I don't know if you heard it, but she used the word "hallowed." The Lord's Prayer. Let's read this first part of the hallowed, the prayer again. Ready? Read this with me. After the manner, therefore, ready? Y'all read with me. Here we go. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, God's name, along just like what we've just got through talking about, God's name is to be hallowed. Now, when you look at the word hallowed, it means holy and set apart. When it's holy and set apart, there's a sanctified place to that in my life. There's also where it carries weight in my life. We're not to mix up God's names with anyone else's names, and we do all the time. We're we're not to toss his name out lightly. His names are to be honored. They're to be respected. They're to be treated with reverence that they deserve. Uh, Let me give you this example. Now, again, I'm just using the title as much as I am not necessarily the name of the person, but I'm going to use the name of the person. What if the president of the United States walked into our building right now? What if the governor of our state walked into our building right now? Set aside your beliefs and differences and likes and dislikes. The title of the person, the name president. If President Joe Biden walked in here right now... Would you say, what's up, dude? Some of you might want to say some other things, but don't, don't, don't go there with me. You honor the office no matter who's in office. It's the office of name of president. What if Governor Roy Cooper came in here? What would be the, uh, uh, the, the way to honor and respect that name? You can say, Governor, hello, Governor, thank you, we're grateful to have you here in the house. You can say, but you're not going to probably go up and say, unless you have this kind of relationship with him, which most of us in here, I would say 90% of us, 95% of us do not have this relationship with him. You wouldn't go up to him and say, hey, Roy, how you doing today? Man, I'm so grateful that you're leading our country or state the way you are. Even if you're saying something good, you don't move away from the honor and the respect of the office. And we, God's really the same. He's not a dude to us. He's someone that we respect. His name carries weight. His name carries a place in our life. To that, <clears throat> that um, I, I wrote some of this down, that I, just so you can see that it's not. He's not just a visualization person to us. He's not just something that. Um, ...without some characteristics that convey who he is. There's a confidence that comes in knowing him. And maybe that's where we need to go with some of this over the next few weeks... ...is learning how to have confidence in the person that you know. Millions stop with God at the introduction and never lean into the relationship. And and I would say that I've seen this, seen this happen quite a bit... ...especially at formalities uh, events. I'm, of course, I've been a part of them for years... Um, you know maybe there's at the benediction we bring him in at the invocation i kind of get those two mixed up but on on the front side we bring god in on that and then we bring him in on the back side of it and never see him in the middle it turns into a mess in the middle but we're putting god's stamp on it we're putting god's hey help us through this god because we just you know we know that's what you do you help And then go about our busy way and do what we're doing. And then at the end, hey, God, thank you. And and nothing you did represented who he was and what he would do and how he's going to make a difference in the life. I see it. Don't take this wrong. Please don't take this wrong. But hopefully it will challenge you to go to a different place in, in prayer. I see opening of prayer at times and, you know, how people write their prayer down. I don't care if you write it down. But my point is sometimes people just write it down because they don't know him. And so they just create the formality of the prayer. Are being written. It's one thing to not be comfortable to speak in people, but I can tell you people, even if they've written it out, if they have a relationship with him, I hear it in the writing of it. So when you come to this place to know the massiveness and the greatness of God, he's the one and only true God who operates from heaven. We must treat him accordingly in order to fully realize and experience the power he longs to provide. Go with me to Exodus chapter 20 verse 7. Now I'm, I'm gonna meddle a little bit in this one, okay? Because it's a term that we we all kind of know the as soon as we hear this term, we're immediately gonna think, probably the first thought of, of what that means to us, but it's so much deeper. But I'm gonna hit the front side of what it means, but I want to lead you to the deeper, okay? Here we go. It says, Thou shalt not take the Lord God thy excuse me, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. He's never damned anybody. And we take a name that is to be elevated and have weight in our life and we dumb it down to something that is saying who he's not and we're actually losing sight of who he really is. Got holy hush in here. Tiffany cusses more than I do so I can say this. <laughs> I, I'm I, you know, just joking, 100%. But it's true. Taking God's name in vain is opposite of hallowing it. The surface, which most of us think when we talk about taking the name of God in vain, is cussing. That is so surface and so menial in defining the what you should and shouldn't do when this term vain comes out. We're, we're using the thought of vain to just give excuse of uncontrolled flesh. And what's happening is, listen, If I'm straight up with you. I'm actually doing a, a study out of the book of Romans so that I can seal this maybe somewhere out through this year. But if you are a Christian, a baptized, water, especially water-baptized believer, cussing should never be in your vocabulary unless it's, it's just a slip. Scripture gives you very clear instruction on that. No foul language coming outside of your mouth. New Testament... Okay. If it's un uncon- Now someone that doesn't understand that that the, m- many of those that lean into the world of cussing they don't even know. They don't even know any better. I'm talking about a Christian. I'm talking about a believer. I'm talking about someone that has the Holy Spirit, God living in him. The personhood of God That is offended, that is hurt, that is challenged when those words come out of our mouth, especially when they're coming towards one that he loves so dearly. When we take God's name in vain, it's serious to God. Okay? So the only reason I'm pointing this out is because when when you think of the word vain, listen to its definitions in this term, in this in this terminology, okay? The word vain means empty. The word vain means without meaning. The word vain means having no substance. So when those kinds of words come out of your mouth, you're revealing you have no substance of relationship with your Heavenly Father. You only know inconsistent with His person. GD, this? God forbid. Because that's not who he is. He's a good God. He comes to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. The only person he has damned is the devil. Every human being, he's paid the greatest price on this earth to redeem you back to him. It's not his fault if you don't make it to him. But the way to come to Him is making Jesus the Lord of your life. He becomes Elohim. He becomes Adonai. He becomes Jehovah. And He becomes Yeshua. Jesus in your life. Unfortunately, today, we've stripped Him of a name of His meeting and invoking that name that has really no value to it. Everybody take a deep breath. And I hope this goes online. Tuesday. Because I, listen, as a pastor and I share those things with you, I know I'm going to have to be around you here soon and you're going to probably slip the lip in front of me and you're going to think that I'm judging you. Don't look at me. Please. I will never judge you for that. I've just never been that person. It's just so I don't have to deal with the struggle of it. I don't. But you have the greater one in you that can help you control something that has the power of fire. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Anybody ever had something said to you? Don't you hate this saying? Because it's so not true. Sticks and stones may But what? Lie of the enemy. How many ever been hurt by a word said to you? How many still remember words said to you years ago that you still remember? Most of us. All I'm challenging you with, guys, I'm not telling you to go make this about cussing. Please don't do that. But I have to go somewhere shallow that that we have dumbed God down to when he says, don't take his name in vain. Don't say it like that. Don't say it that way. It's so much bigger. It's so much bigger. This is God, the creator of heaven and earth. Before you existed, he existed. Sometimes we wonder why our faith is limited because we've not seen the massive and the greatness and honor to who He is in His name because we're dumbing it down. And then we blame Him because He didn't step up and do what we thought He was going to do and all along He's gone. But remember what we read in Psalm 145. He's merciful. He's good. Moving right along and I'll read this quote to you and then I want to share some names with you. Everybody okay with me so far? We want a God we can easily understand. Come on, everybody say, yeah, absolutely. Tell somebody, I want a God I can understand. A God we can rely on. Tell somebody, I want a God I can rely on. But now listen to what we've done to do that. A God we can neatly display on a bumper sticker or a coffee mug. But a God will not be confined, our God will not be confined to our little genie bottles. His names reflect his power, his character, his qualities. And this power is accessed only by knowing truly who he is. Not by affirming who we want him to be. To know God's names is to know his power, but you only get this power, his power, when you truly know the great I am. That is, I am am face to face he requires you to know his names now starting next week we're going to get to know him as Elohim say that with me Elohim. Elohim that's the best i can pronounce these words but can i tell you what these names mean can i exhort you up out of that seed of that little bit of correction and take you to a place where you begin to see the massive greatness of a God that loves you so much. He's Elohim, the very first scripture in Scripture, Genesis one one. He is the strong Creator God. In the beginning, God created. What does that mean? Anything you need, He can create. Anything that you need, He's already made a way. He's the strong creator God. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's beginning. He's end. He's the God that made a way for your eternity, and your life will never end because he's creator God. He's Adonai. Adonai, he's Lord, Master, and the God who rules in our life. If you allow him to become that in your life. It's sad that we've defined that rulership as someone that dictates your life instead of someone that wants to be Yahweh in your life, Jehovah, the relational God. My Elohim, my Adonai, is Jehovah in my life. He is relational, the relational, relational God. Millions have limited him to, like I said, the introduction of life. Millions believe in Elohim, but don't know the God that they believe, Jehovah. Millions come to this place where they want to be intimate with Him, but not taking the time to get to know Him as Jehovah. Because it's in the names of Jehovah that He reveals His characteristics and His personality. He's Jehovah Sitkanu. Say that a thousand times. Elohim Adonai is Jehovah Sitkanu to my life. He's the Lord my righteousness. I'm in right standing with God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from this God that is my Elohim, that is my Lord, that is my Adonai. He's Jehovah Sitkanu. He's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my banner. He's my covering. He's my backing. He's my victory. The Bible says very clearly in the New Testament believer, he that is born of God, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even this victory, that's your faith in the Lord your banner. He's the Lord my, uh, excuse me, (coughs) Lord Jehovah Nissi. A 1,000 could fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it won't come near me. It doesn't say life's not going to come at you, but it says that, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Jehovah Nisi will begin to be my protector. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. You see, when you begin to learn, these are just the names. But when you begin to see and process Elohim, Adonai, through the name of relational, it begins to relate to you because it's who you really see he is. We just got to magnify who's already living on the inside of you. Now he's Jehovah Jireh. Anybody ever want him to be your provider? Huh? Anybody ever want him to take care of your needs? The Bible says, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. I will be Jehovah Rapha in your life, Jehovah Jireh in your life, and make sure that all of your needs are provided for. This is the relational God. This is Elohim, the creator of all the heavens and the earth. This is Adonai that wants to be the strong tower in your life. There's not a thing left out in your life that he will not do for you. We, and we've dumbed him down. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes, that's who He is in my life. Oh my God. You're so big. I'm going to take no thought for my life. The greatest test and trial you can be facing right now is never too big for Elohim. Is never too big for Adonai. Is never too big for Jehovah. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. Physically, spiritually, mentally. He's the Lord, my healer. He's Elohim. He's Adonai. He's Jehovah Jireh in my life. He's just not at the beginning of a prayer circle and the end of a prayer circle. He's enveloped my whole life of who He wants to be and come and get involved with everything about you. The Bible says He knows every thought that you're having that's scary <laughs> never once never once has my Adonai my protector my Elohim that knows he created me he saw me be informed in my mother's womb never once has he ever condemned me for having thoughts that may seem to be ungodly He's always picked me up and loved me with a loving hand. The mercy and the goodness of God because he's good. Now do you begin to see how important this is and we've narrowed it down. Don't take his name in vain about something simple and shallow as cussing. He's bigger and he wants to be involved in every part of your life. Here's how he did it. Through Yeshua. Jesus. Salvation. It just so happens. We're going to land on Yeshua. We're going to land on Jesus. On Palm Sunday. The week before Easter. The Super Bowl of church. Because that's who he really is. (laughs) He's Elohim. My Savior. He's Adonai, my Savior. He's Jehovah, my Savior, Yeshua, Jesus. That's the God that wants to reveal Himself to us over the next eight weeks. Stand up with me. Matthew 1, 21 through 22. You shall call upon His name, Yeshua, Jesus. (laughs) he will save his people from their sins I don't think we realize how big that was we really get sin and flesh confused you have a flesh flesh is the will to do wrong and it can will to do right how I determine which one it does is through the leading of the greater one on the inside of me to dictate who that person is you are a three part being Spirit, that's the person that's alive unto God. That's when you leave this life, that's who's still alive. You are a soul. You have a mind, will, and emotion. It goes with you. And you have this body. And Jesus did everything to make sure he could redeem all three parts of you so that he, my Father, could be Elohim, Elohim in your life. God. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Yeshua. No other way. No other way. Outcome is very clear without this confession. I don't have time to teach on salvation today. Just maybe take my word for it today. Hang on for eight weeks. and, And maybe we will be able to lead you down what's called the Roman road. I'm going to learn that myself a little bit better. But he says... If thou will believe in thine heart that God raised Yeshua from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto under righteousness, and with the mouth confession is saved. It's not enough to believe. Millions believe in this God, but never come into relationship with this God through the confession of the Lord Jesus.
1: Sure. We were on our walk when this series started brewing in his heart. And I don't know about you, How but much, I, not on. it's not on. I'm six. And he started sharing some things with me. And I started weeping. Because I realized that I was in a place where I had lost the Halloween be thy name. Not just cussing, but frequently I say, oh, my God. And I told them, I said, I can remember a time in my life where I would have never said, oh, my God. I would have been very purposeful to say, oh, my gosh. And it's not, it's not the religious part of it. It is the honor part of it. And I had lost honor. (coughs) So I just want to encourage us (coughs) as we step into this series that we would look at the magnitude and not belittle the name. A simple correction of saying, Father God, you are my God. And so right now with every closed I'd ask that we just have a moment if you'll repeat after me and say Father God Father God thank you thank you for sending your son for
0: sending your son Jesus Jesus
1: to die on the cross to
0: die on the cross
1: for my sin
0: for my sins
1: I confess
0: I confess
1: my disregard
0: my disregard
1: my uh, disrespect
0: Disrespect of your name. Of your name,
1: it's holy. holy. And I ask for forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that You would help us. I ask that You would help every single one of us this this week to mind the power of our the beauty of your name and if there's anybody in this room with the sound of my voice and you've never called upon the name of Jesus Christ and made him your Lord today just like Pastor Stephen read the scripture belief comes in your heart and confession is made with your mouth thank you father and so right now if there's anyone in this room we're believing that today's your day if you confess him as Lord it's not works it's a confession a belief in your heart and a confession with your mouth and you shall be saved in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. In Jesus precious name and everybody said.